This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Time for a break from it all? Visit Orlando, Florida with loved ones, or leave them at home and come alone. There are luxury vacation homes near Disney World to rent by the night, the week, or the month. Vacation to Florida Vacation Rentals offers condos, townhomes, and four- to eight-bedroom pool homes in five-star resorts that feature golf courses, water parks, restaurants, spas, and much more. Staying in a Vacation to Florida home will change the way you vacation forever. Their homes feature swimming pools, hot tubs, billiards, game rooms, home theaters, free Wi-Fi, gorgeous views, and so much more. You'll love staying in a Vacation to Florida home because it's professionally managed and maintained. Just log on to VacationToFlorida.com. That's Vacation, the number two, Florida.com. Or download the app and be able to book your next day right in the palm of your hands. The Vacation to Florida app provides you with the best attractions and entertainment, top restaurants in the area, as well as live calendar events. Come stay with VacationToFlorida.com or download the app in your app store. Stu Show, 888-727-BECK. I'm a little perplexed on the uh, Benjamin Netanyahu speech. You? Uh, you know, I will say it's, you know, not being reported as, uh, as you know, we saw it. Um, seemingly the reaction to it is that it was very strong. And, uh, really? Yeah, wow. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess people took the, the, the what we initially heard in, in the, the intro to it was basically Netanyahu lot of Obama, Obama love. you know, almost exclusively for five minutes, mm-hmm. um, which was, you know, I guess people are just tossing out. They're just saying, eh, he's got to say that stuff and whatever. He was doing that maybe to make Iran look um, look at Obama differently. I hope so. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. Um, I think it may have been to win him over or uh, I don't know. Um, but that's kind of the way it's being framed, at least by the initial reports in the media. The only thing he didn't have to do is be nice to Harry Reid. Yeah. That pushed me over the edge. Yeah. Can't keep a good man down. That's like good man. Okay. He's nothing he is, of the kind. Well, I mean, it's been reported in multiple places multiple that he places. is the worst person that's ever lived. <laughs> yeah. Um, I believe worst the Blaze had that. Uh, the Blaze yeah. TV had that. Yes. The Pat and Stew program had that. Multiple the Glenn Beck Radio program had that. Multiple the Blaze Radio sources. Network. The Wonderful World of Stew had that. The right. Blaze Radio Network had that. They all had that. All, uh, the Blaze Blog had that. It's all over the internet. It's everywhere. All I mean, over the internet. Twitter had it. Look it up. Facebook had it. <laughs> yeah. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. Okay? Yeah, not a good guy. Plus, neither is Obama. And he's been working against Israel, as we all know, for the entirety of his administration. And yet, Netanyahu's thing was like, he's helped us in ways you can't even imagine. He's been in there for us every step of the way. You don't even know, and you will never know some of the things that this man, that Barack Obama, he kept saying it, President Obama has done for (laughs) Israel over and over and over. Again, I took that as, okay, he's doing this to, you know, maybe look above it. Maybe look at he's not mm-hmm. a, a petty political guy. He's going to say nice things. Which is fine, and I which, we all know that, that has to happen. There has to be a some yeah, would, level of that. But he went way right. overboard. So now look at this exact same thing as we talked about. I guess we have a we do have a, a, 
um, a couple of uh, pieces of the speech we'll give you here in a second. But um, think of this from Iran's perspective. You're negotiating with these people. Uh, you, this guy's surely telling you that, uh, look, Israel is not, you know, we, we are with you on a lot of these things. Israel does a lot of bad things. They're not good people in a lot of ways. They do too much in these settlements. Um, you know, they're, they're very dangerous, and they shouldn't have nuclear weapons either, and I understand. But look, we're trying to, we need you to just slow this down right now. So they're trying to have this negotiation. Then Iran obviously sees this speech coming, and this guy says, this guy's helping us behind closed doors all the time. He is on mm -hmm. our side. He's mm -hmm. working so closely. You're never going to know all the ways he's helping us. Mm -hmm. In a way, you could see Iran being like, wait a minute, what does that mean? How is he helping you? This guy said he was, you know, on our side. And then what's going on? So it's possible that's what it was. And if it is, it's a brilliant strategy. And uh, it, I think I do think long term, um, Israel uh, obviously does work closely with the United States. Depends on on, on us for many security as reasons as we do with them with intelligence and stuff as well. I do think this will hurt his long term ability in the United States. However, you know, maybe he's just thinking. This deal cannot happen under any circumstances, so we need to do everything we can to thwart it. Yeah, and he's, here he is talking about the relationship uh, between the U.S. And, and Israel. Reports of the demise of the Israeli-U.S. relation is not only premature, they're just wrong. You're here to tell the world that our alliance is stronger than ever. Really? America and Israel that plays into Obama's are more sure than does. friends. We're like a family. We're practically mishpocha. Now, disagreements in the family are always uncomfortable. Translated to Sister Sledge. But we must always remember that we are family. We are family. We got all our sisters with we. Rooted in a common heritage, family. upholding common values, I got all my sharing a common destiny. And that's the message sharing I came to tell you destiny. today. Our alliance is sound, our friendship is strong, and with your efforts, it will get even stronger in the years to come. Thank you, APAC. Thank you, America. God bless you all. There you go. So that was from his APAC. Yeah, that's from APAC. That's yes, not right. from uh, what he was ta mm -hmm. saying to uh, Congress. But he said some of the same things, that the relationship <clears throat> is stronger than ever. Well, that's, that's exactly what Kerry said, and we, we called it BS. Yeah. Uh, there's Netanyahu backing that up again mm -hmm. for the administration. There's another one. Is it, was that for Iran, too? I don't think so. I, I don't know. I don't know. And according uh, to the, know. Uh, according to an updated schedule released from the White House, mm -hmm. uh, President Obama is such a good friend, such a good friend of Iran, and, mm -hmm. or I mean of Israel and Benjamin Netanyahu, that he scheduled a video conference with uh, other world leaders at the same time that uh, Netanyahu was speaking. Oh, that's how close he is. He's got this close call. You don't even know. Jeffy, I, I'll thank you to shut up. You don't even know. <laughs> The incredible relationship this man has with the president of the United States. You don't even know, okay? His relationship is so close that a few years ago he suggested Israel go back to their 1967 borders. <laughs> That's how close he is. He'd go back to the Holocaust borders, which is what Israel calls them. <laughs> That's, how, That's how close he is. Just, That's just one of the things he's done for Israel. I mean, I don't even 
Don't make me go into it all, okay? Because that'd just take too long. It'd just take too long. Uh, but Bibi will talk about some of it. Here's uh, some more on uh, Israel not being a passive nation. I didn't realize they ever were. Iran is the foremost state sponsor of terrorism in the world. Imagine what Iran would do with nuclear weapons. And this same Iran vows to annihilate Israel. If it develops nuclear weapons, it would have the means to achieve that goal. We must not let that happen. For 2,000 years, my people, the Jewish people, were stateless, defenseless, voiceless. We were utterly powerless against our enemies who swore to destroy us. We suffered relentless persecution and horrific attacks. We could never speak in our own behalf, and we could not defend ourselves. Well, no more. No more. The days when the Jewish people are passive in the face of threats to annihilate us, those days are over. I won't say, too, whenever there's been a Jewish nation, whenever there's been an Israel, they've not been passive. Uh, they've defended themselves quite nicely most of the time. Um, even in ancient biblical times, they did that. And, uh, uh, and, you know, since they were established in 1947, they've done that. And they fought, they fought against uh, all the Arab nations in 47. They cer certainly weren't passive then. 1956, 1967, 1973, uh, 81, uh, on and on and on. These guys have not been passive. They've been pretty good at defending themselves for a really long time. Uh, yesterday, though, the president, who's done so much for Israel, you don't even know. You don't even know the extent to which he has helped the Israelis. Uh, things you'll never even know about. That's how much he's done. I mean, you won't even... He's done things behind the scenes that you don't know and things you will never know. Okay, they just can't come out. That's how special they are. They're too good. They're, they're like the price is so low you can't even say them on the radio. There's things he's done that are so good we can't even talk about them. That's how good they are. Mm -hmm. So good we can't even talk about it. It's against the law. Or even think of them. You can't even think of it. I, can't even I don't even want you to consider them. what they might be. No. It's against the law to consider what they might can't be. can't recall all what of them. They are. But that's don't. because it's so good I can't re even recall it. Think well, about you that. can't even talk about not recalling it. That's how good That's they how are. Good it is. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't even be saying that you can't talk about not recalling it because it's illegal to even do that. Mm -hmm. That's we how good they are. We can tell you one thing. What can we, we tell you? We can tell you one thing, that there was, there was some water sent over for a forest fire. That's true. We, the, he helped them fight a forest fire. So, um, I mean, we can't tell you that. Don't, I mean, no, we can't tell you anything he else. He did I mention can't. three things, and, and the fighting the forest fire was one of them. <laughs> it was. Uh, fighting the forest fire. He helped us fight a forest fire. Look at it. Things <laughs> 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 done for Israel are so trite that he had to bring in a forest fire attempt. <laughs> in 2010. Come on. God, it's amazing. Uh, Meanwhile, Obama said yesterday that uh, Netanyahu has been wrong on Iran the whole time. He's wrong on Iran then. He's wrong on Iran now. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't know the details of the deal. Don't listen to Netanyahu because he has no credibility is what he was basically saying. He said it's not personal. He's just wrong on this. Uh, Netanyahu has made all sorts of claims on Israel and the, or on Iran and the deal. This was going to be a terrible deal. This was going to result in Iran getting $50 billion worth of relief. 
Iran would not abide by the agreement. None of that has come true. It has turned out that, in fact, during this period, we've seen Iran not advance its program. In many ways, it's rolled back elements of its program. Yeah, come on. I mean, is that anywhere near possible that they roll back the program? No. They're not rolling back anything because we've done nothing to stop them. Well, we did put out that forest fire. That's right. We did do, we helped do that back we in didn't do, we, Well, we didn't do it, but we helped help do it. I think we sent them some water. We, we, yeah, we uh, Bottled water that they poured on it. They were thirsty. Well, we sent, but here's the thing. We sent over a case. It was a case a and case? then some extra bottles not, that we had. Not a there. full case. Well, there, I mean, there were some bottles taken out of it, but we put some back in to make it make up for it. So what, it turned out to be nearly a case of bottled water. <laughs> <laughs> what more do you want? Come on, Israel. What more do you want? Hey, come on. We're here for you. you know? mm -hmm. We can't tell you other things, though, don't But there's other things that are so no, special. We yeah. can't talk. By law, we can't talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's insane. I don't, I don't understand the world. I don't pretend to. Okay? I, I don't pretend to. <laughs> Uh, Obama went on, if in fact Iran is willing to agree to double-digit years of keeping the program where it is right now, and in fact rolling back elements of it that currently exist, if we've got that, that's a big fat if, by the way, and we've got a way of verifying that, another big, big, big if, there's no other steps we can take that would give us such insurance, such assurance that they don't have a nuclear weapon. Well, they're going to lie, just like the Russians did when we did those nuclear treaties with them. The Russians lied. Yeah, we won't, uh, we won't develop that missile anymore. And then they did. You think Iran is going to back up anything they say or anything they agree to? No way. No, they're obviously not honest brokers in any debate, which is why, you know, most people around the world don't talk to them. I mean, there's, there's, there doesn't seem to be much of a point. But, I mean, this is, to be fair to the president, mm -hmm. uh, this is essentially one of his campaign promises and his... Well, he ran on the fact that he was going to go over talk there to anybody. and talk to anybody, yeah. including, uh, at the time, President Ahmadinejad. Now, look, it's a, little, it's a few years later, and he's not over there directly talking to him. But it's a, this is the premise he was discussing during that you know, YouTube debate with Anderson Cooper back in the day. And we knew this guy you know, was willing to cut deals with you know, terrible people uh, like the leadership of Iran. And he's proving that. He's yeah. proving that now. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, uh, Jason Chaffetz went on Wolf Blitzer's show, and uh, he was defending uh, Congress inviting Netanyahu to speak in the first place. Here's what transpired there. With hindsight, don't you think the speaker should have at least get, had the courtesy Wolf, to tell the White House what he was planning no, on no, doing? Well, I think he did do that. I think only speaker, after the invitation speaker, was delivered. The speaker, we're talking about semantics of it's a, not of semantics. A this is a this is a serious we're a issue. We're a political branch of government here. Wolf. But, but as a matter of courtesy, why wouldn't the Speaker of the House at get least over it. tell the president? Get over it. He's going to come here and speak to the Joint Session. We know that. We know he's speaking tomorrow. I'm looking back. I'm not looking ahead. I'm looking back with hindsight. Was it a miscalculation? No, I don't think it's a miscalculation. I think Speaker Boehner did the right thing. But did, don't did you think it's hurt U.S.-Israeli relations? No, no. What you're when, going when, to see. When no. 30 Democrats decide to boycott the visit of the Prime Minister the to the U.S. Congress, everything doesn't Israel that does. hurt the U.S.-Israeli relationship? There's 535 members between the House and the Senate. And so, yeah, you have a couple that are not going to show up, which I think is a broad mistake in the context. Remember, it was just our embassy in Yemen that we had to flee because the Houthis mm -hmm. were coming to take over. The Houthis. Supported. Remember by Iran. Iran has not been a friendly player.
<laughs> Wait, now, I, if they would have opened to Hooters, that would have been even right. worse, but they didn't. They no, sent they the didn't. Hooties. I want to make sure so. I understand, too. So <laughs> Boehner invites Netanyahu. Yeah. That ruins our relationships. Um, but the people, the Democrats, boycotting it does not. That doesn't hurt the relationship at all. It's the Republicans' fault for making the Democrats walk God, out. It's just unbelievable. I like Wolf generally, but like that's, a, too, that's but a, that not, his really, best, not his best I know. piss poor stuff. Yeah, yeah, come on. That was awful. But, you know, on the other hand, Jason Chaffetz is dead to me. He's dead to me because he didn't run against Orange. He did Hatch. good there, though. He did great there. He's always great. I, I used to love him. He's dead to me now because he didn't run against Orrin Hatch and beat him. And he would have beaten him. Okay? So he's dead to me now. But he certainly would be doing the same thing Hatch is doing with, you know, coming up with that nice soft landing. Yeah, except no. no. Uh, and by the way, we should point out, and maybe we'll talk about this coming up, but Boehner uh, has now, he will separate uh, the vote out for the, on the immigration. Oh, he, Boehner will fighting. too? They have caved oh, now good, completely. Okay, so good, again, I think good, you, you learn good, the good, truth good, here good. between Boehner and McConnell. McConnell's worse. Boehner's just as, he's eventually just as bad. But Boehner's a little bit better because he delays the, uh, the, the cave. horrible cave for like a day. It's interesting because we were just saying how it's not even close between the two of them. Uh, Boehner is a lot better than McConnell. McConnell's, well, I don't know. It was put th this way. McConnell's a lot worse than Boehner. I mean, Boehner's bad, but McConnell's worse. And now it turns out he's almost just as yeah, bad. Yeah, it's, it's, it's worse to take the first step, though, because you, yeah. when you break down, when you, when you have a leadership coming in and saying, we're going to, we're going to cave on this, it <laughs> destroys the whole thing. Boehner held out a little while and then just wound up giving in. So yep. I, he's not that much better, but he is still better. I it think. makes me realize the apocalypse is on the way, and I want to get prepared for it. That's what it makes me realize. National Pancake Day. Today. Today. Where's the pancakes? And it's being ignored. Where's the pancakes? Where's the pancake tree? Where's the pancake tasting contest? Where? You know how many it's times I've asked myself, exist. where's the pancake tree? How many in times? My life? Mm -hmm. Probably a lot. Like every day for yes. your entire life? Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, let me dispel this. Well, BB was just doing a really smart thing there by saying Barack Obama's a good guy and doing things for Israel because he wants to piss off Iran because they don't know he's doing. Th they already know he's doing things for Israel. They already know. The United States is a, a, a close personal ally of Israel. They already know that. That's why we're the great Satan. They're the little Satan. They already know there's an alliance there. They already know we're doing things for them. Is that news to them that Obama has done things for Israel? Well, is it possible, though, that Obama behind the scenes is trying to yeah. dispel that uh, notion? It, it is possible, but they know it to begin with. I mean, he, they know he's lying to them if he's saying that to them well, in these negotiations. Is he, is, is he lying? Is Barack Obama lying about that? I mean, is John Kerry lying about that? Yeah, or? it's like, I, you know, look, yes, there's a historic alliance between Israel and the United States. We've done a lot to get, I mean, that was, look, we, of course, have allies. And, and, you know, we understand that there's a relationship there. But our past presidents have been far too motivated by what's good for Israel. We're, we're talking about what's good for America. And we think this relationship can really you know, bear fruits and, and, you know, like blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah, I don't know. To get in the know. room with, Israel, with Iran, you basically have to sell out Israel, which is why no one else wants to get into a room with Iran. I happen partially. to think that they already know about the help we gave them on the forest fire. Back in 2010. <laughs> <laughs> I think they saw the bottled water being dropped on the forest fire. Mm -hmm. And they saw that it was coming from Nestle. And it pissed them off then. I think they know. I think they know we've been helping out on forest fires in Israel. It's out. It's, it's out, out people. There. It's out there now. And uh, it did not surprise them.
888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. Now, if we could just dispel the Common Core myth that uh, it's, it's not a federal program. It is only educational standards. It is not curriculum. Uh, you don't have to do it. If you're that opposed to it, just opt out. Mm -hmm. Really? Well, in Detroit, a uh, public school there has threatened to suspend the kids of parents who don't show up for a meeting about a Common Core test. Now, a bunch of parents didn't show up in the, in, in the first place for a Common Core test. Now there's a makeup meeting that they must come to or the parents will be or the kids will be suspended. That's just that's amazing to me. I can't believe that they have the nerve to try something like that. Um, but that shows that the school systems believe that they're in charge. It's we don't have to worry about the parents. They're, they're pretty much our kids, or at least we're in charge of them. And uh, if you don't comply with our rules, then you're going to have to suffer the consequences. It's real arrogance. It's odd. It is odd, and and uh, to, to do this and go this far on it is is pretty amazing. We've talked uh, quite a, a bit about Common Core being sort of one of those things where uh, both sides kind of unite on it. Um, there are some people who are conservatives who are in favor of Common Core, but generally speaking, um, it seems like people are growing in their opposition against I think so. them. Um, yeah. There's been a couple of bills lately that have been voted down, however, uh, so it's not universal. But um, you know, it's one of those things where you've got a lot of people from you know all sorts of political places that are coming together and saying look common core it's it's not for us this particular video is is taken uh... in uh... one of the more liberal areas of new jersey uh... and even there they are opposed to common core this is uh... let's see uh... uh you'll see the name of the group here in the video but uh... it's uh... it's you know people coming together and saying look this this crazy testing is affecting uh... our children in a negative way Watch. Waking her up every morning and getting her to go to school is a fiasco because she cries every single morning. She doesn't want to go to school, which is very strange because I remember being seven and loving school. He was so deflated and defeated by whatever this experience was. This is her first year of taking any kind of standardized tests. So I took a practice park test to see what it would be like so that I had an idea of what she was kind of getting into. I found the question's ambiguous. I have a PhD in humanities, and I just gave up on one of the language arts questions. It, it just seems very fragmented. It's just not really a good way to show what you learn. The idea of watching these kids try to type essays. They struggle when they're typing for their fingers to, you know, if they're in third grade, their fingers to reach the different keys on the keyboard. His experience in school is, is changing from one more genuine learning to one more of basically, you know, test prep. When she gets these tests, she does, she performs very poorly. These, and they're always multiple choice tests. And my daughter will write, I stink, under her score. And it tears me up because I see, you know, at seven years old, my daughter has already just kind of pigeonholed herself. Learning and exploration is gone. Homework is much more frustrating 
than it ever has been. We're losing educational time. We're, lose, we're losing instructional time. Resources cut short. The social studies curriculum has pretty much disappeared. Science is missing. They're literally narrowing the curriculum. It takes the soul out of learning. It takes the meaning out of learning. It takes the sense of wonder and discovery um, out of learning. You're taking things away from them that they like. And replace it with nothing but test prep and testing. What is, what, is, what is the value in that? What happens to the, the child? School becomes a, just another place where we can um, make them feel inadequate. I'm afraid that he'll never know how much potential he has and what he's capable of doing. I'm afraid that he listens to those voices that tell him he's not good enough, and he is. The danger is that we're going to, we're going to, we're going to create another class of haves and have-nots. It does have an impact on teaching and learning, but not in the interest of children. It has it in the interest of people who sell computers and Chromebooks and, and test manufacturers and textbook companies. They, there's a huge profit to be gained there. It's amazing that they have decided to defund schools, um, and now because of Park, they can find all these millions and millions of dollars to bring in all of these laptop computers. It's kind of a marriage between, you know, um, people who should be the guardians of public education, frankly, and the corporate sector. When I saw the test, I went from being an interested parent who was just wanting to learn more about what the plans were, to becoming a parent who was going to fight actively to change that plan. This is some sort of ambush uh, for our education system. This is dangerous to all our children. And we're fighting back. You know, people are going to really have to think about w what they want for their children. I'm trying to push back against the test because I'm not just a number and I'm not a dollar sign. We are refusing the test. Refuse the test. We've had enough. We're out. They're not going to take this part. My son will not take the test. We're out. None of my children will be taking the part. These are our children. These are our schools. It's time for someone to say stop. That is awesome. Yeah. That's, that's great stuff. stuff. I refuse to take the test. A lot of people just think, you know, I must because you, you've got to comply, right? And they're, they're dispelling that myth. The only thing that's uh, kind of weird about that is that the music becomes so loud at some parts of the you know, video that you can barely hear the people in the background. Don't take the test. The Common Core test is really... Brutal. Uh, <laughs> what was the deal with the music there? Yeah, there was times where it was swelling a little bit too loudly. Yeah, for the uh, people's voices. Yeah. yeah, but the point was really well taken in that you don't have to comply. You can you can take your kids out of school. You can just uh, opt out of the tests. Yeah, and I know. Like uh, for example, Jeffy's done this. Uh, doctors have requested tests for him to take, and he just will not take them. He won't do it. He will not go. Which is why he tests. continues to spread the diseases he does. <laughs> Taking enough tests. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right. Triple eight seven two seven. Back more Pat and Stu coming up.
727 back. It's Pat and Stu. Uh, Hillary possibly violated federal rules. Possibly. I mean, please. That's probably the least of the stuff that she's done. And that's generous. Look at the look at the dead people that Clintons the Clintons have left behind in the past. <laughs> I've got a list of like 48 <laughs> dead yeah, you people got that that the left internet. in their wake. Yeah, Pat, you got that off the internet. Not, uh, <laughs> yeah, not that's where I got it. And when you get it on the internet, of course, you know, it's true because they've done some extensive research on this. And they, I mean, bodyguards and uh, Secret Service agents that died in car accidents right. or <laughs> plane crashes or <laughs> tuberculosis. <laughs> if you want to believe that, They Stu, set up tuberculosis. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like the CIA couldn't inject you with that stuff and then just say, yeah, okay, he was a long-time smoker, that guy. And then all of a sudden, 48, do, have 48 people around you died? No. I'm sure. No. Yes, I'm sure. No, it's not happened. And 48 so. people around Jeffy have died. Well, yeah, I mean, other than Jeffy, yeah, that's normal. That's not an argument in the Clintons' favor, though, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. No. <laughs> oh, I mean, I didn't. But in the in a, in a serious, you didn't light. kill all of them. Not all. I didn't sell them all. With <laughs> in a serious light, with this uh, with this new thing on Hillary, she apparently set up a, a a private email. She wasn't on the she wasn't on the State Department's email. Yeah, and it doesn't sound like a big deal per se. I mean, we conduct business on private emails right. occasionally, and yeah. uh, you know it happens. Uh, most people, it does happen to. However, when you're in the government, you're the Secretary of State. It does mm -hmm. not happen. Uh, why? It's not supposed to. It's not supposed to, at least. And the reason is, I mean, I guess Colin Powell at one point had some emails off on a private email, but they re she didn't use her work email at all. Uh, and the reason she didn't uh, is, you know, and the, the reason they tell you not to do that is, A, they want to archive the, the emails, even for historians' sake, but let alone, uh, you know, investigations and things like that. And the other side of it is that you know, private email isn't as focused on security as a government email address is. Uh, they are trying to, uh, you know, she's taking sensitive negotiations and, you know, putting them through Gmail. You know, I don't, I don't know if that's uh, advisable. Uh, all of her ads are like, uh, are you trying to travel to Bahrain? Like, no. She's just emailing the, you know, the king of the sultan of Bahrain to negotiate something. Sail on pantsuits. Yeah. <laughs> Have cankles? Try this diet pill. Uh, Plastic surgery works. Cankle cure. <laughs> Uh, so it, uh, it's a big deal, um, and the reason they found some of these is because eventually some of them were turned over, ones that related to the Benghazi uh, investigation. And the Benghazi investigation, whether it ever comes up with anything about Benghazi, I don't know. It does keep turning up things. Up, I mean, it, certain, plenty has come out about Benghazi. I should be clear about that. But it seems like other things keep popping up as well, like for the fact that our Secretary of State was avoiding the law and using her own personal emails. Uh, ostensibly so that we didn't know what was going on in there. They made no effort to catalog them, no effort to back them up, no effort to keep them, uh, as you are, of course, required to do. Uh, lawyer, the New York Times, by the way. That's not some right-wing report. A lawyer and former director of litigation of the National Archives uh, Administration said this. He said, I can recall no instance in my time at the National Archives when a high-ranking official at an executive branch agency solely used a personal email account for the transaction of government business. Nobody in his time there has ever done it. So that shows you that this is pretty rare, and it's probably an issue that should be addressed. But like everything else, it'll be swept under the rug. Yeah. I mean, none of this stuff seems to stick to any of these people. Unless it's a Republican, it's just like, whatever. 
water off a duck's back. No big deal. Uh, personal emails are not secure, for, for one thing, as, as uh, Stu mentioned, and, and so senior officials don't use them. But the other thing is, yeah, for the, for the archives, you want to go back and you want, uh, you want this stuff for history. And now it's not going to be there, and I think uh, there's probably really good reason why she didn't want her emails archived. Jeffy, as someone who the constantly is deleting his history, what yeah. would you say about this particular... Any tips or? I'm sure she has more than one. I mean, you could, you know. Mm -hmm. ah. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to see if I can, you know, get the password to Cankles at Hotmail <laughs> right now. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also, did you see? <laughs> you see this uh, picture? Did she go ahead and use that? Yeah, I don't know. That's I'm trying to get in. I think that's the way. Uh, did you see the picture, the uh, the painting of um, of Bill Clinton that they apparently do not like? Yeah, this is. I, a, I'm not sure I buy into it, but here's here's the. Uh, Here's the portrait that was painted of him. You don't buy into it? Not really. Uh, in what way? Like, I mean, it's this a guy who actually painted it, is what I'm saying. No, he's saying that, that the shadow there on the left is a dress. It doesn't, it doesn't look like a dress. It's some innocuous shadow that he... he a shadow of what? He, I don't know. But does that look like a dress? That doesn't to me. I, I see a gold dress. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are seeing. But. No, I mean, I mean, if you were just hanging a dress there, that's kind of how it would... I mean, it just be a thin tube, essentially, it would look like, which it kind of does. I think there'd be arms there, wouldn't there, <laughs> on the dress? Well, all dresses sleeveless. Have, yeah, I mean, lots of them yeah. have short sleeves or sleeveless. And, 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 the, and if you're looking at that, let's say that's from either the waist down or the, uh, you know, I mean, and you can kind of maybe even see arms there. Uh, potentially, there's something else You can see one there. arm, yeah, maybe. Maybe that's the way it's turned. I don't know. It's I don't know. But the point is, he's the guy who actually painted it is the one saying it. So yeah. kind of gives it a little... If it was people just generally speculating, I would be with you. It's him actually saying it. He's saying, this is what I did. And he is also um, not wearing his wedding ring. Um, which oh. is another uh, thing that kind of backs up the fact that he was making some sort of statement. Um, and I guess uh, they, he says that Bill Clinton hates this picture. The Clintons don't... They're, they're, they're denying that. But again, can you take their word on anything? No. No, you can't. He's also, he also has two fingers out there, you see? Uh, see the two fingers he's got around his belt? Mm -hmm. That means he killed 200 people. <laughs> That's what that signifies right there. That's why he has the two fingers out there. It's the Clinton for murdering gang The Clinton sign. gang, yeah, 200 people. <laughs> Strange. I don't know why he would. And the fireplace represents the people that he set on fire. So... I mean, there's a lot going on. That painting says a lot going on in that painting. There's a lot going on. Wow. Uh, so I don't know if the guy's just trying to get some publicity. I just think it's a shadow. Do you? So you buy it that he really did that on purpose? Yeah, and that was I kind of do. You know, it's right. him, right? It's, I know. You know, he, he's know. saying it. I mean, yeah. I, what's what's the uh, upside? And I guess he claims that the Clintons hate it. Yeah, but they um, say they don't, uh, or at least the gallery says that they don't hate it. Where is it hanging? Is it hanging at the Presidential Library? Mm, I don't know. It says the National Portrait Gallery, but oh, okay. yeah, I've never been there. Jeffy? <laughs> I haven't either. You've been to the, <laughs> National, the Portrait National Portrait Gallery? Portrait I know Gallery. you go to a lot of vacations. I'm, or at least it seems like you're not here a lot. There's a lot of portrait sites I go to, but that's not one of them. <laughs> really? Are there portrait sites? Yeah. Huh. Okay. Interesting. Just yeah, uh, individual portraits? Hmm. Yeah, oh, there's plenty of, plenty of dresses hanging off to the side, too. So. <laughs> uh, Jeffy um, looks at a lot of pornography, is what we're saying. 
I didn't say. I wasn't getting that. I really? That's what that. Oh, I'm sorry. I must have. Huh. Wow. That was too subtle. Oh. That was too subtle. Uh, 888727 Beck, 888727 BECK. It's kind of weird. Why, why, why is he coming out with this now? Any idea? Does he say? I didn't really dig into it that deeply. <laughs> to find out why he's now. Why didn't he tell us then? Maybe because uh, I, the odds of uh, Hillary Clinton becoming president in the United States are now basically be... one to one. Okay. Uh, maybe Which is he's crazy. not liking that. Uh, here's here's the, uh, the, the this is the result right now. You've got uh, uh, here's the uh, most up to date odds from the, Vegas. The odds you read on radio were that Hillary is the one. One point one to one. One point one to one to become uh, president. Yeah, that's so amazing. Bet a hundred dollars, win one ten. Uh, so not really worth it. Well, you'd win. You know, uh, sorry. Uh, well, you'd win one ten. So you'd, you'd give them a hundred dollars, they'd give you back two ten, right? Because you get your original hundred back plus another one ten. Um, Jeb Bush. Oh, is, is that how that works? Yes. See, not being a gambler, I didn't. I thought yeah. you'd get like a. Just like $10. if you bet hundred and ten, you'd get. Ten extra dollars. No, you'd get a hundred and ten extra dollars. Or like if you, you bet you bet a hundred, you get a hundred and ten extra dollars. Extra dollars. dollars. Back. Right. Oh, so okay. even money would be if you bet a hundred, right. they give you back two hundred because it's your initial initial hundred plus an extra. Seems like that would be a two to one bet then. No, yeah. that's not how that would work. A two to one would be huh? you give them one hundred and you get three hundred back. Nice. Because okay. like, you're getting doubling your original, your back. original back. Yeah, you always get your original back because you you want right. it automatically. Uh, same thing. Like uh, Jeb Bush had six to one. If you if you bet one hundred, they would give you back seven hundred, six hundred profit. Um, uh, so Jeb Bush at six to one. Scott Walker ten to one. Marco Rubio twelve to one. Chris Christie hmm. twenty five to one. Rand Paul twenty eight to one. Mike Huckabee thirty five to one. He has no chance. Ben Carson, 40 to 1. I don't, I, ben Carson, I don't think, has much of a chance either. However, we remember when we talked about, and I don't mean this as a negative. Like, I, I like Ben Carson. I, I think it's going to be difficult for him to go through an entire um, uh, ca- uh, campaign and, uh, you know, primary process without having any experience in this realm. It's freaking difficult. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I think he's a good guy, and I, I think he, I shouldn't say he has no chance. However, I will say that when we first talked about that, Ben Carson was 250 to 1. Yeah, those odds have changed. He's up to 40 to 1 now. Changed a lot. That's a big difference. Now, you know, that's interesting because you mentioned the experience level, and he's got none. No. I mean, he's got no experience in any kind of political office. So if Glenn is right, and this is all about war, and, and you need a war president, and we're on war footing, Ben Carson does have no chance. He's, I mean, he is not the guy. Right. Like, he'd be a good, that. like, if Obamacare is the big story, then he's got Ben Carson's going to be good because yeah. Ben Carson's, a, you know, he's, got, he's a neurologist. The guy has yeah. got credibility in that realm. I think a lot of issues he's just going to be up on and be good on. Yeah. Um, I, you know, he's, whether he can handle that, something like that, I don't know. I don't either. Uh, and I, I will tell you this if, mm. if, if, it's my opinion that if it becomes about, this election becomes about ISIS and war and World War Three, as Glenn has talked about. You know who has no chance is Rand Paul. No, you know, because no, Rand right. Paul, like, if, if it's a domestic it's guy, issue man. election, and again, just to get through the primary, if it's a domestic issue election where people are saying, okay, we need to cut taxes, we, you know, you know, we need less regulation, Rand Paul's great on that stuff, and yeah. he's going to be great. Um, if it comes down to, hey, we should just, uh, you know, not get involved in these situations in the Middle East, while that might even be the right position, 
I don't think the typical Republican primary voter is going to be able to deal with that enough. They're going to want someone, even if they don't have experience, they're going to want someone who talks the, the, the hawkish game. Yeah. And Rand Paul does not do that. Uh, that's not what he believes. So I, don't, I think he's going to have a real tough time if that's the issue. I'm not as convinced as Glenn is that that is going to be the issue, though. Are you? No. You think it's, I mean, we're a I year and a half it's out. It's possible, but I'm not as convinced as yeah, Glenn is. Yeah, definitely possible. Who are some of the other long shots? Uh, Elizabeth Warren at 50 to 1, Joe Biden 50 to 1, along with nah, Rick Santorum. Like, he should be like 5,000 to 1. Yeah, I, I don't think know. even Democrats, they don't want anything to do with him. Yeah, I, I don't think that's happening. Uh, Ted Cruz at 50 to 1. Jeez, 50 uh, to 1. Paul Ryan uh, at 60 to 1. Andrew Cuomo 75, as, as well as a, a big group at 75 to 1. We'll give you those. Uh, all 75 to 1. Andrew Cuomo, Bobby Jindal, Jim Webb, John Kasich, Mark Warner, uh, Michael Bloomberg, Mike Pence, and Rick Perry. Rick Perry at 75 to 1 is not a terrible bet. It might bet. be worth taking. Yeah. Um, you know, because yeah. he, yeah, look, the guy has a really good record, um, and, mm -hmm. you know, he did have a bad debate performance, but if he could eliminate that, he would have had a chance, I think. Yeah. Um, then you've got at 100 to 1, another big group. You want to hear all these? Mm -hmm. There's some interesting ones in there. 100 to 1, Bernie Sanders, who is, I would say, definitely running. Um, mm -hmm. Bernie Sanders is going to I'd run for him president. More, more like yeah, a million, billion, right? Like, one. there's no way, there's right? No Even way. a d Democratic primary. There's no way. They're not going to, uh, a guy who's admittedly a socialist, going to be tough. Yeah, more um, than I, tough. I, it's I, impossible. I, 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 He's got no path to victory. Um, Car Carly Fiorina at 100 to 1. Okay. It's not, it's not impossible, a uh, female no. candidate. She's very smart, and I, yeah. I, she's not very super mega conservative, but still, mm -hmm. she's, uh, you know, she's the only female in the field that we were thinking is probably going to run. Evan Bayh, George Pataki, probably not going to run. Um, John Kerry, I can't imagine he's going to run again. John Huntsman, Ju uh, 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 Julian Castro, who is the guy, he was the mayor of San Antonio and now yeah. is, is yeah. the Commerce. Uh, he, yeah, he's in the, in the administration somewhere. Yeah, he's somewhere in the administration. I can't remember. I think it's Commerce. The, the point, though, there is probably too early for him. Where do they have Sarah Palin? Um, I haven't seen Have they that listed yet. her. This is the rest all? of the not yet. Okay. Uh, rest of the hundreds: uh, Martin O'Malley, Mitch Daniels, Rahm Emanuel, Scott Brown, Susanna Martinez, Tim Kaine at 100. Wow. Um, then you go uh, one. I'll see if we get to Palin here any, at any point. Nikki Haley, 125 to one. Bob McDonnell. I mean, Bob McDonnell. He's in prison, isn't he? <laughs> in prison right now? I don't know. I don't think he's going to come know. out of prison and win the election. Uh, although it's happened in history. Uh, it was not necessarily a positive when it happened. Uh, 150 to 1 for uh, Bob McDonald. Uh, Cory Booker, 150. Eric Cantor, 150 to 1. Peter King, no way. He's going to win 151 or run. Come on. We're getting into the long shot territory here with uh, at 200 to 1. Condoleezza Rice, Newt Gingrich, Sarah Palin is there at 200 okay. to 1. Now, Sarah Palin, I mean, she's... Indicated she might run to one. She's indicated she might run. That might be a bet worth taking too. Yeah, two hundred one. I just can't imagine. I, I, just the way they've treated her, I can't imagine her getting through the through even the primary at this point. I can't either. But she's a, a better shot than Joe Biden. Oh my gosh, yeah. She's got a better shot than than o O'Malley. Or I don't think so. Some of those really? guys. No, I don't really. Think so. Joe Biden, Jim Webb. No, I mean, but Jim Webb Come is an on. unknown, right? Like, if Jim Webb comes out and he starts doing well, maybe he would have a path. Like, he's he's like a John Kerry from two thousand, uh, you know, uh, four. Like, he's like a guy that people kind of know his name, and he's been in the Senate for a while, but no one really knows anything about him. And he comes out; he's from a state that is kind of a, a you know a purplish state. It's not impossible. Sarah Palin, like, to overcome. The amount of, of a beating she's taken in the media is really difficult. Like, I don't know that I see the path for Sarah Palin, even though I like her. I, I just don't, I don't, I don't see the path there. Um, Al Gore at 250 to 1. 
Debbie Wasserman Schultz, 250 to 1, no chance. Al Gore, man, I'd take that bet. He's, the, too. he's our take outside bet. Yeah, I have. Uh, Janet Napolitano, John Bolton, Russ Feingold at, uh, at 250 to 1. Ed Rendell, 300 to 1. Ed Rendell at 300 to 1 is not a horrific bet either. Mm -hmm. uh, and finally, last one on the list, Michelle Bachman, 400 to 1. Yeah, she's not running. I don't think she's running either. She ran, you know, obviously before. Triple eight seven two seven. Back more patents. Good coming up. Ed Rendell, though. Governor of a purple state, yeah. moderate type guy. If yeah. some crazy, if it was Bernie Sanders and him, it's, it's not impossible. Stu, hey, who do you think would make the, of all the people that are in office, mm -hmm. all the people, all the known, you know, sort of big politicians that we know about, who would make the worst president you can possibly imagine? Jeffy. No, he's not. I mean, he, I'm not talking about big fat. Oh. I'm talking about, you know, well-renowned, highly acclaimed. Not, you, know, you mean infamous. That's not what you're looking for. No. Uh, the worst president of, like, this list that we were talking about? Not not necessarily, but people in office, like senators, like I, I you know, I was thinking about uh, BB's comments about Harry Reid. Oh, I, I thought know. there's a guy who would never run for president because he's hated mm -hmm. by everybody, but a few people who uh, vote for him every time in Nevada. I think Harry Reid would make one of the worst presidents possible. I think um, obviously Bernie Sanders would be terrifically awful. Um, uh, Debbie Wasserman guy. Schultz would be. Debbie Wasserman yeah. Schultz president. would be. Uh, oh I mean, God. we actually have a list of these people. It's called the Douche Hall of Fame. <laughs> I'll put Alan Grayson on this list right now. He would be. I mean, imagine Alan Grayson with the power of the presidency. Oh, man. He would probably do what you were talking about with Cl joking about with Clinton, where you were saying he murdered all these people. He actually probably would do it. And I don't know that he'd apologize. Yeah, but you're implying maybe the the Clintons didn't, and that's that is what I was implying. It's inaccurate. I'm going to show you the list. I, no, I, I I've got seen the, the list. list. I saw the list no, in 1996. There's like 48 people on it. I'm going to let me just pull it up. I don't need to see. I've already this list of Clinton dead people. It's right here. Seven two seven Beck. It's Pat and Stu. Welcome. It's great to have you here. Uh, I guess this election in Israel is much much closer than I had anticipated. Uh, and apparently, our Israeli correspondent uh, Sharona is saying he may not. Benjamin Netanyahu may not retain his uh, his position as Prime Minister of Israel. Yeah, we were talking even, about it. Oh my gosh, I we don't even know who he's running against. Do you, <laughs> Bill? Yeah, it's, Bill. oh, Bill from Israel. Yeah, of Bill. the Israeli bills? Yes. Okay. Bisra yeah. Bisrael. Yes. 
This is this is <laughs> Bill Israel. Bill is uh, is Bill Israel going to beat Netanyahu? It's close. It's close. Bill uh, is uh, as far as the latest poll goes. Yeah. Uh, either tonight or this morning, had left-wing Zionist Union Party Bill t two seats ahead of Netanyahu. See, the, it, wow. it's weird. The the stupid parliamentarian right. method is nonsense. Don't, can't they learn anything from us? Haven't we shown you how to do <laughs> democracy, which really it isn't, but it's a democratic republic, okay? You vote for the individual. You vote for the individual. And then you let the chips fall where they may. If there's a bunch of people in one party, there's a bunch of people in one party. If there's not, there's not. If there's an even split, it's an even split. Stop with this parliamentarian crap. Look how it's working out for you. The whole old world is in flames. All of it. So yeah, not a fan of that either. I, it's um, dumb. I don't yeah. get it. For one thing, I, it's just a weird, weird. Uh, and then they're trying to put together a coalition yeah. to rule it's, the government. And, uh, uh, this dumb. is another thing, by the way. Um, if your country uh, has a uh, a way for anyone to dissolve the government, it's a crappy country. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. That, uh, it's at least a crappy system. Uh, <laughs> and it seems like every other country on earth is like, ah, Jeb. Uh, he walked up on the wrong side of the bed this morning. He's going to dissolve government. New elections <laughs> next week. Wait, what? What are you talking about? Uh, new constitution <laughs> uh, as well. Wait. It's ready to go. We just uh, cooked it up on Twitter. Wait, can uh, Jeb do that? Jeb did it. Yeah, yeah he yeah, did it. It's, it's already done. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I did it three times last week. Did a vote of no confidence means that no one in the government can ever be seen again. Wait, what? <laughs> Why? Why wouldn't they serve the term? That they were, that's why we're working on our 19th Constitution of the year. <laughs> yeah, we're only into March. You've yeah. got 19 Constitution. Yeah, it's, it's a lot less than last year. <laughs> okay, well, Good. maybe there's something wrong with you guys. Because that's know. not a Constitution. That's just a bunch of laws. Yeah. You know, and that happens seriously in countries all over the, over the world. We have, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable to think that we actually have the oldest Constitution on Earth. Yeah, because we're, we're the youngest nation on Earth, or, you know, the long, youngest major nation on Earth. Yeah. And so to have the, the longest standing working constitution says something. At least it should, right? It should send a signal. It's to been be, around way too hey. long. It needs to be changed. <laughs> a lot of people feel that way, surprisingly. Now, Sharona also said, I asked her about uh, what she thought <laughs> of the speech. It was remarkable in its humility, in its harsh assessment of how badly... Iran negotiations have been handled, yeah. that the U.S. has been acting like it's holding a weekend rather than negotiating from strength. That's Sharona Swartz from wow. That's Jerusalem. Cool. In, uh, in relation to that uh, email, uh, you, HR emailed me and said, please don't email Sharona anymore. <laughs> I didn't ask her what I normally ask her. No, I know. She's just, she, she would feel more comfortable if you... Sees all communication. This email didn't even have anything that I usually No, I know. It it. I know. I, it's nothing to do with this email. What we're talking about right now is to put you in a cone of silence. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's interesting perspective, though, Sharona. I think yeah. I think generally uh, nailed that. I mean, uh, you know, he it was humble. It was like the United States has really kind of taken care of us. Well, I mean, consider, I mean that's me, true. But you what don't would we say? Admit that. Let's just say Barack Obama goes over and he does his Berlin speech that he did mm -hmm. uh, back in the day, and he said. I stand here uh, just humbled because this is the best deliber deliberative body in the entire world. This is the legislative body right here that's better than any in the entire world. I would be like, uh, what do you, uh, no, it's, it's actually ours. He actually, I mean, that's what Netanyahu said. He said, we, yeah, we were better than Israel, essentially. Well, and 
I mean, everybody knows that. Like, I mean, I believe it because I believe we're the best country on earth. Yeah. But I don't. I don't think I would be happy with my <laughs> president saying it. No, I know. It's. Uh, but I guess when you, if you're honest, if you're making an honest assessment, people in other countries have to know yeah. that the United States, with its might, its power, its influence. You know, that is the most important legislative body in the world. You, oh, I agree. you have to kind of admit that. If you're a reasonable person, if you're from Russia, you won't admit that. You'll no. think yours is the most important. But any reasonable country, especially an ally, will admit that. And, but it was still really magnanimous of him, I think, to say those things. It was, it was pretty cool. And it's part of the reason I like him so much. But he kind of negated some of that with the Obama's nonsense. I mean, please. Obama's not done anything for Israel except hurt the relationship. And we all know it. I mean, when, he's, when he suggested that, that they have to negotiate starting from the point of the 1967 borders, I, I mean, for what else needs to be said after that? You know everything you need to know about Barack Obama and his relationship with Israel right there. Uh, 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. Meanwhile, uh, here's a story I don't understand because we're being told from National Geographic, that astronomers have found a dusty galaxy that shouldn't exist. Now, my point is, if scientists Boy. say it shouldn't exist, it doesn't. Because they know absolutely everything that's possible to be known, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. They are all-knowing, and they're all-knowable. And they, there's nothing that can be known that they don't already know. Of course. And we're told that that there's total consensus about so many things, our food, the, the climate, everything. How can they possibly find something that they don't understand and shouldn't exist? It can't happen. They're infallible. So how can you question them? You can't stop it. Stop it. I know. It's, it's unbelievable, yet uh, that is kind of what's going on here. As scientists have uh, reported, in this is in Nature, one of the peer-reviewed journals you always hear about, uh, while a tiny galaxy dates from just 700 million years ago. Oh, it's practically it. a baby. That's a baby. It's an infant. Um, it's yeah. still drinking uh, milk from its mother galaxy. And, and this is why this is, science is such a joke. Like, I, I, you know, we like to beat up on science because it's, it's not because scientists are bad. It's not because scientists aren't doing their best to try to figure out the universe. It's not because scientists aren't right about a lot of things. It's their cockiness about mm. everything. And whenever and mm. anyone questions it, they're, you know, they're criminals, essentially. And listen to this sentence. <clears throat> The problem, the scientists report Monday in Nature, is while the tiny galaxy dates from just 700 million years ago after the Big Bang, it's far more dusty than something this young and small has any right to be. Now, you can focus on the story here, or you can realize that they're still referencing the Big Bang as if it's something that is sure. When we just found, I mean, look, this is a, uh, this is in a, ti a timeline. It's an app that you know, does all sorts of different news sites. It's not a conservative site at all. Uh, the Twilight of the Big Bang Theory was the name of the article. The, the Big Bang really? Theory is That's in great. twilight. This thing that you were mm -hmm. mocked for, for generations, if you, if did you not, didn't believe. If you question any part of it, yep. is now going away in front of our eyes. We are not, by the time we die, the Big Bang Theory will be a joke like the Flat Earth Theory. I mean, it's amazing that's where we're going. And yet... But yet it's here in this article, used it's still here. used. Right. So when does that so, end? So the it very, takes a while. The very basis of the theory that they're using to say it shouldn't exist doesn't exist. Right. Well, okay. Well, what do you do? You don't know anything then. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you don't know. They don't know anything about this. It's interesting. That's a great sentence. 
the tiny galaxy dates from just 700 million years or so after the Big Bang, which we're finding out didn't happen, it's far more dusty than something this young and small has any right to be. Well, if it didn't emanate from the Big Bang, then you've got no theory at all, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, you know, obviously, how do you know what the date is if you don't know, what, you know when the Big Bang happened? Yeah. Uh, you, know, you have no idea, really. And, and the fact that you don't understand how galaxies are formed would indicate that, I don't know, maybe you don't know everything, yet we, have to, we know to the minute when the Big Bang happened, except for now it didn't happen. Well, um, it I, happened to the minute. Yeah, 14.8 billion years ago. Right. And except, this is only 700 million years old. Except it, now exactly. we're finding out that it didn't happen and that the universe is eternal. Yeah, it's eternal. Uh, that's it's what the new... existed forever. Yeah. And, I, you know, I was watching uh, The Theory of Everything over the weekend, uh, the movie about the life of <clears throat> Stephen Hawking. And they go through his amazing achievements in science where he's come up with all these new theories that people can't believe. And there's one point where they look down on this crazy person because he does this big speech to everybody, and it's this amazing new theory about black holes and the Big Bang. And this person walks up and says, that's absolute rubbish. I can't believe you'd even say that, and he walks out. And that's, the, that's to represent the dark-minded, old-school science that couldn't embrace a new idea, <laughs> which he obviously was right about now. We now learn the whole great. time that crazy person was actually right, because there wasn't a Big Bang. Uh, and it's interesting because at the time they filmed the movie, The Theory of Everything, that was still the it theory. It was still the Big Bang. And now it's not. Now we're in twi the twilight of the Big Bang. They can't just say it's wrong. <laughs> just slowly it will be proven wrong until when oh, in 30 years man. we say something like, I mean, it's going all the way back to the Big Bang. Our grandchildren will say, but Big Bang, you idiot. What kind of crazy scientist? It's like saying global cooling or global warming or whichever one they happen to be on today. I mean, it's really bad. It's really bad. And like, look. Obviously, it's freaking difficult to figure out what happened 14 billion years ago. We understand that as human beings. I, you know, there is power in understanding your own fallibility. And it's like we get the fact that you might not understand what happened 14 billion years ago. It's okay. Stop saying you're so sure about it. It's okay if you get it wrong. It's okay if you say, we think it was the Big Bang, but honestly, it's 14 billion years ago. We can't know for sure. It's a theory to try to explain this stuff. They don't stuff, do that, though. But they, they don't do don't that. They just say, do that. you don't believe in the Big Bang? Why are you anti-science? Not anti-science. I believe that when you can have something in front of you that you can do experiments on, uh, the science is going to be a hell of a lot more accurate than when you're projecting a thousand, a million years into the past, or a thousand, a million years into the future. Uh, you know, if, even when you're trying to go 10 years into the future, it's difficult. When you come up with something global warming, well, this is the exact temperature that's going to, uh, you know, go on a thousand years from now. Well, sorry, you don't have uh, climates and globes to do uh, experiments on. You have climate models you've built to try to, to simulate those uh, experiments, but we've seen those to be inaccurate already. And it's not because you're the worst person on Earth. It's because it's really, really hard. Admit it's hard. Admit the fact that you don't know exactly what you're doing yet. Mm -hmm. Admit the fact that someone who doesn't believe every freaking speck of what you say, uh, is they're, maybe say for a second that they're not crazy people. That, you know what? We might absolutely be wrong on this. We have no idea. Uh, uh, the, the issue, though, is, of course, uh, this is the best of our understanding right now. That's okay. But that's not what scientists do, at least in the media. It's the arrogance we take yeah. issue with. Yeah. The absolute arrogance. Uh, 888-727-BECK. Also, speaking of arrogance, geez, you know, all these guys... 
who do these comedy shows, and they're so condescending. The John Stewart's of the world, the Stephen Colbert's, and the and the John Oliver, this new guy from uh, England or wherever he's from. I, I don't know. He's doing. Is it HBO? Where he does this show now? Uh, yes, and it's I called think this so. last week yeah. or last yeah. week tonight or I don't know what it's called, but yeah, he's the new uh, fancy John Stewart. Yeah, basically. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if they replaced John Stewart with him. He's yeah. the one who filled in for John Stewart, but he's now he's got his own. He's thing, got his own so. gig, and it's HBO. It's it's maybe even higher profile. Maybe. Honestly. Yeah, maybe. You don't see, you're not seen by as many people, but it, there's a prestige to HBO that I think. Uh, especially but the other thing is, uh, is the money there like it is? Oh, with, the money is there. Yeah. Is he making a ton? They spend a fortune. Huh. Okay. They spend a fortune on their programming there. Um, well, he he set us straight, fortunately. Because yeah. when, when you want real news, you go to these guys who do pretend stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Who do comedy. Obviously. And we want real news, and so now he's going to set us straight on the net neutrality thing. It's a good thing. And here's John Oliver to explain all that. Earlier this week, there was big news from the FCC. It is now being called a historic decision for how Americans surf the net. The FCC approved sweeping net neutrality rules. Yes! Cable and telephone companies will not be allowed to create a two-tiered fast lane and slow lane on the internet, meaning that all of us will be treated the same when we upload and share pictures of a gold and white dress. It's gold and white. I will fight every one of you. I will fight you. I will fight you. This is genuinely good news, and not just because consumers and entrepreneurs are happy, but because internet service providers are sad. And no one reacted more passive-aggressively than Verizon. Verizon putting out this press release uh, objecting to what they called 1930s style rules. So what did they do? They put out the press release in Morse code uh, to emphasize their point. That's good. Wow, that's crazy. You are misunderstanding what net neutrality is. Cat videos are part of the point. Net neutrality is about keeping providers from picking and choosing whose voices get heard, ensuring that the internet remains a democratic space for all messages. Who? gives you the right to tell them Jeez. what they can and cannot do. And I can tell you what it is. The government's now stepping in and letting them do it. But, I mean, there is... If you want a service that treats everything equally, build your own damn company that provides Internet service to people. Why, what the hell is this country becoming? This idea that you can tell everyone what to do with their own crap. He also... It's unreal. He also... Right, within the scope up. of that... Mentions that there is no problem right now. There is not. Because he's keeping the internet that way. So if there's not a problem, why the hell are you trying to change it? Yes. If it's already free, if it's already equal, if there's already access to all of this stuff, why are we changing it? We're not changing it. We're just making it better. Uh, wow. We're not. They're not even saying they're making wow, it better. They're, not. they're saying it's. They're making it the same. <laughs> they're uh, yes, and it's, of course they're you changing don't it to keep it the same. Need three hundred and seventeen pages of legislation to and say, regulation to say keep it the it, same. We got to keep it the you, same. You need it so that they control other things that you're wow. not seeing. I would love to see. I'm sure. Uh, John Oliver, in advance, six months ago, when he started complaining about this, and by the way, he's, you could probably give him fairly some credit for getting this thing through, um, because he's the new darling of everybody who has 
has the internet, apparently. Uh, but, uh, you know, like, I'm sure he saw the 332 or 317 pages of, of, of regulation and has read every word oh, of it. I'm sure. You Surely know he, he understands all the ramifications. He's not just making a, a, a yeah. boneheaded point about, uh, well, I think there shouldn't be two tiers so you could see cat videos and Verizon isn't mean. That idiotic, moronic, uh, analysis that these guys keep throwing out there as if it's some brilliant point. I'm sure he understands fully all of the ramifications of what's been done here. And 10 years ago, when he's long gone and he's nine things ago and nobody remembers who he is and we're dealing with the crap he's helped bring to us, I hope he sits there comfortably in, in England and has a great time with his freaking internet over there. Yeah, no, it's infuriating. It's, it's genuinely a good thing. Yeah, uh, genuinely. Still, genuinely a good thing. It's Pat and Stu. This net neutrality thing, not to belabor the point, because, I mean, it's, it's over. The debate is over. It's, the science is settled. Net neutrality exists now because the FCC, three people just said so. Right. Now, three it exist, unelected right. people made the ruling for $320 million. Thank you. There's going to be tons of uh, lit litigation <laughs> yeah, on this. Yeah, so it's actually not. It's it's, actually does. He's actually wrong saying that it won't yeah. happen because it could still happen. I mean, they could still do it. But, you know, it's, it's like, okay, you can't have two different tiers. Of course you can. Of course you can. Depending on what people are willing to pay, depending on what uh, service the provider wants to provide somebody hmm. it's like saying that hertz can't have a gold club card for their best members uh so that you can walk directly out to the vehicle pick it up oh and, and not have to go you can bypass the desk right that's coming you, you should have to stand in line like everybody else and there should be no gold cards who is hertz to say that you can just go out to the to the parking lot and get the car and just drive it off the lot yeah. when i have to go and stand there and hassle with the freaking clerk for 15 yeah. 20 minutes i happen to be a uh, american uh, airlines uh, platinum uh, a level uh, member in the frequent flyer program. Uh, well, that gets me um, upgrades. It gets me uh, on the plane earlier if I want to. It mm -hmm. gets me priority security. It gets me all sorts of wonderful things. The TSA things. secure thing it's is TSA another break. great example of yeah. that. This is the government doing it. The government is actually doing it in the TSA pre right. program. Right. I'm allowed That's maybe to the walk best by 800 people on the way back yeah, from which you uh, just did last weekend. Right, this, the, this weekend from vacation and walk by 800 people in a security line because I have TSA pre. The government, I had to pay the government to get the access to this. Uh, and uh, where is John Oliver on that one? No one right. seems to care. In any every other business, you're able to do this. Is transportation not uh, uh, equivalent to the internet? I mean, when you need to go someplace, you need to go someplace. Shouldn't we all have access to get through uh, government security? I would maintain transportation might be more important than the Internet. Well, seemingly people always needed transportation. They did not always need the Internet. Right. I mean, even when we you're talking about We existed just fine foot, in the 90s. It. In the early 90s, before the Internet, I was okay. Mm -hmm. We didn't know what we were missing. But we couldn't have existed quite as well. I mean, we could have, but it wouldn't have been sure. as good without, the, without air travel. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, and, and not even air travel. Every, it's absurd. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like, absurd. look, you pay for things. There, the, I'll give you another example. Uh, you can pay to get higher uh, priority in, in the line for passports. Because if you, right. when, when you have a trip, and Jeff, oh, you had to I've do this it. when you went I've to Israel. Yeah, so, well, I've done it as well. 
you pay, pay extra. I, I forget, and it's not a lot. It's like extra hundred like, bucks or something. Yeah, it's like one hundred and twenty-five dollars instead of twenty-five or something. Yeah, and you get a higher. They'll give you their. They'll they'll process your um, passport quicker. Yeah. Well, I mean, every every business does this everywhere, including the government, including as we the just government, out, even and, in and, two instances. But you can't have two tiers because cat videos are so important. That's the one thing you can't have two tiers in. I can't take. It. And it's like if the gov- look, if the government built uh, a network of uh, of you know for for the internet. Like for example, uh-huh. there are cities where the government pays for access to wireless internet. And if they built the entire network, they can have that rule. I think you Provo, can- Utah has done that. Yeah. I think I think they're one of the. Uh, one it's of the cities that stupid. has provided uh, internet access and, and across the city. By the way, that is, you know, get, we're getting off topic, but that is also completely wrong. You, yeah. have, co- you have companies that invest a yeah. billion dollars of their own money to bring internet, and then all of a sudden you undercut them by saying, oh, we're going to give it to everybody for free by ripping off other taxpayers and to provide it and screwing the company that just spent all this money to set yeah. up internet. Yeah. Um, but beyond all that, uh, you know, they, uh, you want to do it with those systems? Fine. You want to do it, uh, I mean, you want to do, you know, something like that where they can get access, whatever, that's fine. But an Internet service provider that takes its own money and invests its own money, risking its own money to provide Internet to you, uh, and you, you get an, inter, uh, an agreement to pay for it, look, they can't change the agreement. If they told you there's not going to be two tiers and they do it, that's one thing. But if they, they, they don't do that. They say they can run the, you know, the Internet the way they are on the Internet. You're signing an agreement. Uh, if you pressure these companies enough, they may very well take you up on that. In fact, all of them have. The, mm-hmm. the, all of them have said, hey, you know what? We're not going to go to Netflix and ask them for money. With the exception of Comcast with Netflix one time. And it, it, uh, this, insane. this argument on, on TV with all these pundits. Uh, on the various networks, uh, news shows and stuff, uh, it, it seems to be the net neutrality person that wins every time. Because uh, whoever is battling against net neutrality has no idea how to really approach this thing. And, and the way to approach it is from an all-American standpoint. Like, let the market work it out. Keep the government out of it. And we've just given a million examples of that. And I never see anybody do this on TV, and it's so easy to just slap down all these ridiculous arguments. Yeah. They've got nothing on this. I mean, I, I, I will say that I, I think we have more freedom to do that uh, in that, like, I honestly don't freaking care what you think about, about my stupid opinion, uh, as I know uh, you don't care what I think about yours. You know, as conservatives, I think, you know, there's such an independent streak from libertarian and conservative types that, you know, it's, it's I, don't, I don't sit here trying to please everybody. Look, I understand that the, 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 a politician goes on there and argues for uh, net neutrality, and they say, well, look, you know, of course they got the freaking right. It's their stuff. Why would they not be able to have two tiers? It's, it's their, they, they invest, you want, you want one of those companies? And you spend the billions of dollars. Very rarely do you find a politician willing to do that. Ted Cruz, maybe, but even he is, is softer than that. And it's like, the way they try to argue it is, well, look. We want to, uh, um, everything you have now will be perfect, and everything in the future will be perfect. Like, I don't mind admitting that the fact is, you know what? Probably one of these companies is going to go to Netflix if net neutrality doesn't exist and charge them some money. And it might cost you an extra 30 cents a month on your Netflix uh, um, membership 10 years in the future. So sorry. That, that is not yeah. an excuse but to get involved here. Down the line, that will work itself out. Yes. I, I remember when the Telecommunications Act was finally you know, uh, parts of it were done away with. And they deregulated the uh, radio, 
TV, and telephone. And at first, what happened was scary. the rates went up a lot. It was scary. And you're like, well, what the heck is going to happen mm -hmm. now? And you got all these people calling you for to try to change your long-distance phone service without your authorization, and you had all of those problems going on for a while. And, yes, long-distance service and, I think, local service went up. And it went up a lot for a while. And I was like, well, wow, this didn't turn out the way I thought it was going to be. I thought that deregulating this industry would turn out to be a good thing. Well, it did. Yeah, but it took a while. I mean, it was uncomfortable for well, a few years. But look at the innovation that then was able to happen as yeah. a result. You've got s smartphones, mm -hmm. and you've got the fax machines, and you've got all these things. I mean, fax machines are almost a thing of the past oh, already. Oh, totally, yeah. I mean, now that all happened because of the innovation of the deregulation. And now we've got a, a situation where you, you, you don't even think about long-distance service because it doesn't exist yeah, anymore. And, and one of the reasons why it may have gone up initially is because you had 50 years of holding them back. You have 50 right. years of holding them back. There's going to be an adjustment period. Uh, that, that's, and that's people have to have time to start to innovate, yep. which they did. And once uh, they innovated, it changed the world. Yeah. Now that's why you don't see a payphone anywhere, because you've got a phone in your pocket. You don't need one. It's pretty amazing. It is amazing. And, it's, the, and the same thing will happen with the Internet. Yeah. I mean, look, I, they're going to, you know, this is... It's going to take a while probably to be put in, and it's going to take a while to really start seeing negatives. And I don't think, you know, it's going to be one of those things. Look, they're innovating anyway. You know, if, uh, if uh, you know, you're going 20 miles an hour now, in the future you would have been going 60 miles an hour. In the future instead you might be going 35. Mm -hmm. You know, is it, going to be, is it going to be better in 10 years? I mean, it's very likely that they'll come up with things that will make it better in 10 years than it is right now. The issue, though, is what else could we be doing? You know, I mean, it's going it would increase so much faster if you let these guys go out and do it. Look how fast it's gone in an unregulated state. You have a test here. This isn't a theory where you have to come to people and say, look, I think if you take away these uh, these uh, regulations, it's going to free this business, this business up. It's going to be amazing. We have the test case. We freed it. It, it was amazing. Now we've had this amazing thing. It's been free. The Internet since it started. And now you're coming to us saying it needs to be controlled. It's, it is the argument of an insane person. It is, it is, there's no other way to look at it. It's completely nuts. And the one thing that they say could happen and already has, yeah, it happened. And what, and what was the result? The two companies, the two major behemoth companies... Comcast and Netflix got together and worked it out. Yeah, and what happened? You get better, <laughs> you get better speeds no. on a Netflix than and you it, ever it, have before. At least for me, it never buffers anymore. I haven't had Netflix buffer since they had this problem. And shouldn't you get better service? Shouldn't Netflix, some a, a service that is providing uh, data to people at a rate of one-third of the entire Internet, is what they're doing, yeah. shouldn't they have a, a better speed lane? Yeah. I mean, that's obviously what people are using the Internet for. It's a great market adjustment to handle that idea <laughs> yeah, and to say, so. OK, here's even better service because this is the thing everyone's using it for anyway. We'll prioritize that. I don't think there's any I, I don't think there's any problem with that. And it, it makes a lot of sense that a video provider would pay. Uh, and this again, we're video providers. I, I recognize that completely, and, and this would this would affect us. But yeah, it's people like, always should, think, like that's a revelation to us. Yeah, what if it happens to you guys? Yeah, what, what if, if a leftist ISP says it's throttling you guys? guys? What about throttling? What about throttling you? What about the blaze? Throttle, throttling, blaze. Yeah, well, throttleation, the blaze, yeah. blazeation on the throttling. Yeah, well, what we then we would wind up <laughs> in theory, especially if we were big enough to matter, uh, we would wind up making a payment to one of these cable companies, yeah. and then we would have even better service. And you know what? 
it would be a cost of doing business for us. It might, right. might make your Blaze subscription increase in cost. What about by the throttling of the Blaze? What about throttling it? I know. I, I what if they throttle it? I just answered. What if they throttleize uh, the Blaze and there's throttleization happening with the Blaze I, and it's yes, throttleized? I said that. Are you going to say neocons next? Yeah. Well, what about the neocon easy <laughs> neoconization of the neocons? What about the neocons? Okay, let's just go to break. You're a neocon. Uh, Triple eight seven twenty seven. Beck is the phone number. The throttleization of the neocons. Yeah, it's not going to end. What for if a the neoconization so of the throttling take happens to the neocons and there's neoconization going on? Once it gets going. After they throttleize the internet into the blaze. All right, seven seven back is the uh, phone number. That's right. All right, uh, back uh, back to it. We have a. Uh, I think this is gonna this is gonna creep you out. It's gonna weird you out. It's gonna. It's like global weirding. Global weirding is going on. We know it's going on. Oh, it's, it's the climate is changing back. things. And things if you are don't happening. It, you're a neocon. You're a neocon. <laughs> neoconization. That's what you're doing. You're neoconing. Thank you. Because you're a, a neocon. Mm -hmm. With the neoconization of America. Right, that thing. That's what neocons are doing, because you're a neocon. Because I think the Blaze got a question in the White House uh, press briefing. And they were what? throttled. I think. They were throttled no, they for throttled. it. There was some throttleization no. going on with the neocons. <laughs> Listen to this. <laughs> ATF is considering a ban on M855 uh, uh, ball ammunition. Now, should, I don't know if it's 855. Again, I've explained this many times. I'm not See, a gun I, guy. I, I don't know. That's the thing. I'm not and a gun guy. So I don't know, I know we piss here. off both sides with this because we're, we're not big enough into the gun culture to really speak about it. Super intelligent. Oh, well, we know the yeah, amendment. It takes us a while. It's we a, know the yeah. right. right. We just don't know the equipment. As I'm well as very we pro uh, Second Amendment. I am yes. not as pro gun, which is a weird thing to say, but it's like I don't have interest yeah, I don't, in guns. I, I don't either. I, I don't. I'm like, I don't oh, I got to have that new gun. Like, that's not how I live. I, I've got a gun. Uh, you know, I believe uh, in guns. I believe in protecting your house. But yeah. I don't I don't have I, like Dana Lash finds guns to be sexy. Like I don't find I don't have a I don't have that sort of relationship with them. I think they're they're fantastic, and, and I have no fun. problem with, with anyone having right. that relationship. Right? But, yeah, right. it's great. I mean, I, I like the there's there's parts of the culture I really like. I like the people in the culture. Like they just seem like good quality people. We've met so many of them, and so many of them watch this show, uh, and 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 watch the network. And I have a brother who's a, a brother-in-law who's a, a a big hunter. He's a trapper and a hunter and all that kind of stuff. And he's been to Africa a couple of times, and he's. You know, shot big game and brings back. And I'm not into that scene. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's, and that's okay. I'm just not into killing things, and I, I don't want to. And if I had to for food, if I needed it to eat, then I would do it. Other than that, I don't, I don't like killing things. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm not that big a, a hunting person, but I'm certainly big into the rights to do that. Right. And I, I have an AR-15 at home. I've shot it one on one occasion. And I've had it for and two years now. Look, other than you know, maybe I don't want to have to use it. Yeah, ever, you hope but, you never do. I mean, I yeah. hope I never have to shoot, uh, you know, a gun again. Honestly, I mean, I will yeah. probably go to the range at some point, or I will go uh, in, in, in. But I don't want to have to use it in in, in the yeah. way that I. The reason I bought it was for home protection. And, and me too. I hope I never have to use it. And I have friends all the time who are asking me to go to the range with them on the weekends. And it's just not my bag. I don't. Yeah. I don't like doing that. Yeah. I don't want to. Yeah, it's okay. It's fun it's to okay. do when you're there, but it's not like it's not like it's not like when I sit down. I'm like, I've got to watch the Philadelphia Eagles this weekend. Like, I don't have that passion for guns. But I, you look at things like this that go on, and you realize.
realize that you have to fight as hard oh my as you can, as if you were the most passionate gun person in the world, even right. if you don't care about it. Yeah, because the ATF um, is considering a ban right now on M855 ball ammunition. Okay, it's the armor-piercing stuff, supposedly. Shot from an AR-15. Apparently, it's really popular ammo for an AR-15. And the administration wants, through uh, executive action, again, to ban it. Yeah. Now, this is what we've been warned about by the NRA and others who've said, uh, okay, sure, Obama probably won't go after the Second Amendment. That's political suicide. What he's going to do is ban ammo or make it unavailable or make it really difficult to purchase a He's going to throttle the ammo. He's, he's going to throttle it so you can't get throttling. it. He's going to throttle it like a neocon. Exactly right. right. That's exactly right. Yeah, no, exactly that's good. Right. That was very helpful. And that's exactly what he's doing. Um, he's, he's, throttling, he's, he's throttling gun owners yeah. right now. Here's the big news, though. It would be fair to say that this is uh, it would be, uh, Josh Ernest. It would be fair to say we are looking at additional ways to protect our brave men and women in law enforcement and believe that this process is valuable for that reason alone. White House Press Secretary Josh Ernest told the blaze during the press briefing. We actually got a question. Fred Lucas. Clean it up. Nice. nice work, Fred. That's awesome. Nice. Uh, this seems to be an area where everyone should agree if that if there are armor-piercing bullets that fit into easily concealed weapons, that it puts our law enforcement at considerably more risk. But here's the really interesting part of this. Every time, man, it's, it's presented in a way to protect people. Yep. It's presented in a way that's for the public health, for your own safety. Mm -hmm. That's how they take that's your how rights. They do it. That's how they do it. But listen to this. Millions upon millions of M855 rounds have been sold and used in the U.S., yet ATF has not even alleged, much less offered evidence, that even one such round has ever been fired from a handgun at a police officer. They have no examples of this. None. Not even like, okay, that happened one time, it's an outlier. They have none. No examples at all. And they're still trying to ban it. <laughs> I mean, how do you deal with people uh, like this? It's so I, everyone's like, "Oh, you're just making, you're trying to scare people, saying they're going after your guns." They're going after your ammo, and this is pretty blatant proof of it. It's one of the most popular mm. types of ammo for AR-15s, and they're going out there, and they've sold millions of these things before. None of them have ever gone, even been fired at a police officer. Yet they're saying they're protecting law enforcement by banning them. And what they'll say is, "Okay, well, what's the big deal? So just use other ammo." Okay, well, what happens when? They ban that ammo too. Yeah, and that's the deal. You're on that slope, and I, I, I hate the, I hate the term slippery slope, but that's what it is. Yeah, and we've slid down it on any number of issues. I am of the. There are certain issues in which you fight slippery slope arguments, and I believe guns are one of them. Um, and and this is because I'm not a gun guy. Because I'm not a guy who cares about M. I honestly will never have M855 ammo. Do you have it? Is that what no. you have for your AR-15? No. I don't even know what it is to be perfectly honest with you. But I will fight every one of these battles against these people trying to take these Definitely. guns because they, they if you, you, you set the line, it's a little Overton window action. You set the line at where the battlefield is. If you say, okay, we're gonna retreat from that line and go back to here, they will move up to here and start a battle with you here. No matter where you are, they're going to be fighting with you. So you mm -hmm. might as well make the, the, uh, hold the line as far possible towards freedom as, as, as you can possibly do because they don't, they don't care about this particular ammunition. They want more stuff off the, the market. They want to degrade your rights. You know, there's, a, there's a, um, a, a liberal argument that essentially goes like this. In Europe, they had a state, an, an actual control of a state, and then they disarmed the people, uh, and, and then they gave them democracy. In the United States, it was the reverse. They had a state, 
uh, they gave them democracy, but they never disarmed the people. And that's the reason why the United States is so violent, because they never, uh, they never were disarmed uh, by the state. Yeah, we haven't been disarmed by the state. They're not about to let it happen now. Uh, this is, this is a, free, you know, a freedom that we protect strongly. And, and while it's not, as we both said, not our bag, mm -hmm. it is a vital thing for us to sit here and defend, uh, you know, at, really at any length, because it's, you know, it's one of our, um, it's, in the bill of, it's in the Bill of Freaking Rights. Yeah, and the other the other uh, point of that is the other another liberal argument that's used a lot about the gun argument is they'll take something like this with the uh, M855 ammo being used as armor piercing, and they'll say, "Well, that's popular for an AR-15 for hunting. You don't need armor piercing bullets right. uh, to take down a deer. If you, uh, that's a pretty big buck. If you need an armor piercing bullet, what is it? 800 feet tall? Uh, that's not uh, the point." Okay, it's not. The point is that we are an armed society, not for hunting purposes. Although that is one way you can use your uh, gun and your ammo. But the ultimate purpose of being an armed society is to protect yourself against invaders or your government. And one day there may be a, a, a need for armor-piercing uh, guns. I don't know. Is somebody ever going to invade us? Is there going to be an e EMP that goes off? And then uh, China tries to take advantage of that. And then there's people who with, uh, with armored vehicles in your neighborhood. I don't know. Like, Someday it could happen. But that's, that's the point is that it's to protect us, uh, ourselves against uh, invasions and the government. The great thing about a right, though, is you don't have to come up with the reason you need to you use it. You don't. It's already don't. there. It's in it's the Constitution. There. I don't need to prove to you why I'm allowed to use it. That's why it's a yeah. right. If it, was, if it was just some recommendation, you might have an, a, an argument with that. But it is a, it's in the Bill of Rights. It's the second thing they came up with in the Bill of Rights. Must be somewhat important. It's kind of important, and I think maybe we should respect it a little bit more. Yeah. Triple eight seven two seven Beck or Pat and Stu coming up. Well, yeah, you don't need an armor piercing. No, no. Well, if you're a neocon, Wait, you're. What you, need a, you know, the neocons. That's a neoconization of America. Is what that is right there. Are you throttling? Throttling down the throttling. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. It's Pat and Stu. We thought this was kind of kind of fun to check into. Uh, apparently, there are a couple of Australian comedians, Hamish and Andy. You know these guys, right? They're, I think they have a, a radio they show. They had a radio show. I don't know if they Had have it anymore. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Or yeah, I, I think I, I've I've heard about. I've read about them before. Okay. So I've actually heard their show though. They thought it would be interesting, and I, I think they're right yeah. to check out the worst pain on earth, the worst pain known to mankind. I. I had no idea what it was, but uh, we're about to find out because they tested it. I leant forward and presented my hands. Oh, it's this. Yeah. Oh, God. Could I put these gloves on and keep my cool in front of the tribe? So apparently there's something in there. Yeah, so... Obviously not. Jeez, with a couple of deep breaths, though, I, thought I he felt was... like I'd be back to normal in no time. Can I, get you a I thought he was kidding for a minute, but he's obviously not. And you make that plus. What do I do? What do I do? You have to dance to release the pain, Amish. Okay, can we dance then? You have to dance to release Jeez, the pain. I was going to be surprised if this helped. 
seems like a, a very strange directive from the doctor, isn't it? Just dance. <laughs> and evidently, <laughs> like his partner just didn't. Hang in there, Looking buddy. on. Hang in there. Because Hames soon commenced what we now know as the six stages of sting pain. Shrieking. <laughs> Refusal to dance. You have to dance. I don't want to dance. I want to... This is the last time I've ever felt like dancing. Screaming slash and or swearing. <laughs> Sweating. Some shaking. Fighting stick requests. Wow. Wow. No. Okay. So, what was what that? Is it? I guess maybe they reveal it in the second uh, part of the oh, video okay. here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here is the conclusion to uh, the worst pain uh, ever. Interesting. Problem was, this went on for an hour. Oh, my God. Relentlessly. Hour. Cold water? Yeah. Good. Golly, how's that? Yeah, I'll get you up. I'll get you up. Toxin from the ants generates the worst pain a human is capable of experiencing. There was nothing I could do to help him, so I essentially stood by in shock at the reaction. That's just not stopping. We later found out that not only do these ants sting multiple times a second, but they release a pheromone telling any nearby ants to also sting. Oh, dear. He had been stung a hundred times over. By the two-hour mark, yeah. Hamish had collapsed with exhaustion, but it was clear the pain hadn't receded at all. Holy and the doctor fuck. offered up a suggestion. Let's go to a hospital. That was what? unbelievable. Yeah, more. You look a lot, lot like a man now, though, just so you know. I grew an extra testicle. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder... Did, did they give him morphine or something? Yeah, they must, I guess. They so. must have given him something there. Well, the tribe makes those wow. uh, gloves, those ant gloves, and that's yeah. their ritual yeah. into manhood. Yeah, and so that's the thing. It's called the bullet ant, um, and they are saying uh, the worst pain that it's, is humanly possible to it, feel. It's the largest ant in the world. It's over an inch in length, Ugh. and it packs a sting 30 times more powerful than a bee sting, 30 times more powerful. And with a bullet ant sting the pain is throughout your whole body you start shaking sweating goes through your whole body your heart rate goes up if you have quite a few of them you'll be passing in and out of consciousness there'll be nothing in your world apart from pain for at least three to four hours yay wow they say it would take about 2250 stings to kill a 165 pound person so i mean you have to really get lit up by these things but i mean he got a hundred in just a few seconds so I mean, you so get, he got a hundred stings. That's what they said, yeah, in the video. Oh my god, a hundred because they do multiple times per second each ant. Oh, good. That is really bad. Gosh, why would you put yourself? I mean, that's a that's a cute radio stunt and stuff, and but uh, no, no, thank you. Um, I so, mean, we've some we've done some dumb things and some dumb stunts in our time, but yeah. Uh, I'm passing on that one. We should say uh, this uh, this week we're going to be uh, giving Jeffy some ant gloves, uh, mm -hmm. and he's going to be uh, testing mm -hmm. out. Yeah, we'll let Jeffy test coming. the bullet ant. Yeah. By the way, I don't would know. Would you if... do it? Would you do it if we brought some bullet ants in? Whatever. Whatever. He would too. He'd eat one. <laughs> I don't. He would actually. Ants I think are you'd not eat gonna, one before you kill me. A hundred of those ants are not going to kill me. No, you'd need two thousand no, two hundred fifty stings. My gosh, they'd, that'd be painful. Yeah. I mean, you saw instantly he was screaming. Oh, Instantly. my gosh, yes. Yeah, I mean, I've paid a lot of money to not feel pain, so what the hell? <laughs> right. <laughs> You've got plenty of uh, things to take the pain away. We know that. Uh, interesting. I, I, you know, I, I don't think I uh, want any part of that. Uh, you know, uh, we love that you tune in, but honestly, I'd, 
I mean, I'll eat some new snacks for you, but I'm not going to get stung by killer ants. <laughs> that is so nice of you. Yeah. Here's, here's the good part, they say. Uh, once the toxin is gone, you feel fantastic. You have such a massive overdose of adrenaline that's been pumping through your body that you feel like a god. For a week afterwards, I felt like I leapt off a cliff I could have flown. So... Jeffy, you felt Jeffy, that way as well. You, you felt that way I lots have. of times. Fact, you, I, he looks like he can fly right now. Jeffy, go to the top of the building. Give it a shot. I really Just am give fine. it a shot. I'm flying